Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Good morning, everybody. We're glad to see you this morning. Let's go ahead and stand and we'll continue worship together.
are we, we getting turned on up there? There we go. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Hey, good. Good to see you today. So glad that you're here this morning. I hope you took some time today to uh, get some coffee or find a donut out in the fellowship, uh, or rather the gathering area, our, our gathering area and cafe this morning out there. Uh, hopefully you got some time to, to meet with some folks and hang out there before you came in. Just such an exciting uh, atmosphere and environment here on sunny mornings. We see some new faces with us today. We see some, uh, I don't want to say old faces, because they're real, you know, that doesn't sound too good, does it? Uh, let's just say really, really familiar faces we hadn't seen in a while. That sounds so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, and so we're so glad that you're here. It's going to be an exciting day. Man, we are kicking off an incredible week here at First Missionary. So, hey, welcome to the jungle, right? Welcome to the jungle. It's going to be an exciting week for our vacation Bible school. So many firsts this week, and we really need your prayers, really need your support this week. You know, first time to do Bible school in this facility. First time that we're going to do Bible school at night. We're excited about that. First time we're going to do Bible school for, for the family. What we mean by that is we want to encourage parents to come. And by the way, you just can't push your kids out the car, okay? And this is not like a, a drive-through, drop-off service. We, you actually will have to physically come, check your kids in. It's going to be outside. Uh, all that will be taking place outside. There's going to be a big tent. We're going to have a cookout for families every night. So that's the first. So we really want families to come, eat with their kiddos outside. And then at 6, the kids will come in here. We'll have our opening. Uh, we're going to be rocking it out with some great praise and worship music. We're going to have our skit that our kids have been working on, doing themselves for the last couple of weeks. Our Bible study teachers have written amazing, amazing curriculum this year about our king, the jungle, the jungle in which we live, the lies that so many children are told about themselves and, and how they need to break free from those lives, those lies. We're going to be talking about what it means to be an heir of the king, what it means to be born of the king. And then the last day, we're going to encourage children in their identity in Christ. What does it really mean to be a child of the king? So our skit and everything goes right along with our daily themes. And we're really, really excited about this. Also, uh, I need to let you know this. If you haven't pre-registered your kiddos, please do that. And, and please like and share our posts from uh, our social media pages on that, whether it be Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Please like those, share those today, because today is the last day to pre-register. And, and when parents do that, it makes a whole lot of other things flow so much easier when they're pre-registered online. And I think somebody told me, that we've already had over 80-something pre-registered, which is the most that we've ever had pre-registered. So that's exciting. Also, if you are serving or helping in Bible school in any capacity, we need you here this evening, okay? Four o'clock, there's going to be an informational meeting, and, and there's so many new things, and the way things are going to flow, you really need to be here. Four o'clock, and then the same meeting is going to take place at seven. So Amanda's going to do this twice to accommodate all of our, our, our workers, okay? So if you can't come at 4, please try to be here at 7. Also, the guys are going to be setting up the big tent this afternoon. Uh, do we have a time on that? I don't know if Danny's up there. Um, a time on that. Are you, are you showing 2 o'clock? Okay, good, 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 good. Today, 2 o'clock, listen to me. We need at least 12 
good, strong men. All right? All right? You don't have to have a good mind. Just a good back. All right? Today, 2 o'clock. All right? Young men, come up here. Uh, we need at least 12 to put this tent up. And I asked Danny last night. I said, so have you ever put up this tent before? He said, nope. I said, uh, do you have any instructions? He said, I think so. Mounted inside the trailer wall. He said, if Benny Watkins can be there, surely between me and Benny, we can figure it out. All right? So, you know, I hate to put you on the spot, Benny, but, you know, when you're good, you're good. You just can't deny it. Can I get an amen? When you're good, you're good. You just can't deny it, right? So, 2 o'clock today, at least 12 guys. And also, we have a special video announcement coming to you this morning from South Lake, Texas, Taylor and Josh Edwards are there this morning, and they want to remind you about Financial Peace University that is starting next Sunday night here at First Missionary, along with all of our other Connect groups, starting next Sunday night as well. If you haven't signed up for a Connect group, please do that before you leave today. Have you guys got Taylor Hi and guys, Josh? coming to you from South Lake, Texas. We are out of town this week, so sorry we could not be there. Um, we just wanted to let you know that Financial Peace starts next week june 30th at the church um and you can find our sign up at the back of the church at the end of the service so yeah you can either sign up that way or you can visit the first missionary uh, facebook page and if you do that uh, there's a link where we've been posting about this click that link put your information in so tomorrow what we'll do is we'll make a bulk order on that and we just want to make sure that we have everybody so if you're interested in all please feel free to contact us uh, either through Facebook or uh, talk to somebody at church. A few people at church have our information. So um, if you don't mind, uh, do that. And we look forward to starting next week. We're super excited about it. And uh, we're just ready to ready to get the ball rolling with this. Vacation Bible School decorations look awesome. The oh, yeah. stage and everything yeah. looks great. So um, we're praying for a good week for Vacation Bible School. Yep. See you guys later. See y'all. Bye.
conquered the grave. He's David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? Does the Father truly love us? He does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those He loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, He has made us the kingdom and priest of God to reign with the Son. Is He worthy?
good to us. May we never, ever take your gifts for granted, Lord. May we never hoard them to ourselves. We have an incredible opportunity this week to pour out what you've given us, Father, for the benefit of our community and those that come here. We're trusting you for something incredible. In Jesus' name. ushers come forward this morning. We pray, Father, that you would receive these offerings, God, multiply them, do incredible things with them for the benefit of your kingdom. We trust you. And we love you, Lord. Remind us that this is just a continuation of our time of worship this morning. God, that we are called to be stewards and managers for a short time. God, but it's all yours. 100%. We trust you. We love you. Amazing love that welcomes me, the kindness of mercy that bought with blood wholeheartedly. My soul undeserving. Sing it together.
that spans from eternity to eternity. Thank you, thank you. You're good and you're worthy of our praise this morning. In Jesus' name we say, amen. We're in the first service this morning. Uh, we came to this time and this point in service and just really felt like the Spirit was moving and working in our midst. And as we were singing and worshiping uh, some lines and songs that we were singing just really hit home and it reminded me that we needed to claim some things for some people today uh, maybe even for ourselves in regards to just just how do you how you approach things and how you deal with things and you know just that that solid resolve that that I am healed that that song that we sang this morning just I'm healed and and you might be <laughs> Uh, battling a sickness or an issue in your life uh, your marriage your family life might be broken down and and I, I was just thinking you know that confident resolve that in Christ it is going to be okay that I'm going to win one way or the other that, that he's got my back and it wow the power that can come just from a resolve that I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm complete. His work is a good work in me. And so whatever comes my way, whatever's thrown at me, I can approach that with a confident resolve. I am healed. You know, this morning I got up and there, was a, a, there were several families on my heart, but one particular family that was on my heart, and, and it's uh, the Colson family. Um, They've been members of our church for several years now. Just love this family. And uh, Kenneth and Jenna Colson, they have three children. Uh, 
they're looking at making a move and a transition. He's had to relocate because of work. And, and actually, uh, he's there now. I believe it's in Toledo, Ohio, Toledo. And so I just texted him this morning, and I didn't mean to make him cry. Jenna said, Brother Allen, you, you made Kenneth cry this morning. I didn't mean to make him cry. I just want him to know I was thinking about him. I was, I was praying for him uh, today. Uh, the kids wanted to be here at Bible school this week. Uh, and then they're looking at moving uh, for however long so that, you know, he can work and he can support his family. That, but they're going to be away from us and we're going we're gonna to miss them terribly. So we are also introducing a new ministry today uh, of prayer counselors available in our service. They're going to be available at the end of every service. If you have a need, something going on in your life, you want somebody to pray with you, um, make a decision church membership, whatever it is, these folks are going to be available to do that. So in the service this morning, I called those prayer counselors to come forward. So if you're one of those folks that we've tapped and said, hey, we, we want you to pray. We want you to be available to be there for people. Would you just kind of come forward right now? Would you do that, please? We had about five or six and uh, yeah, there you go. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So, so here's what I want to do. Okay. And, and these folks are going to be available every week just to pray for people. Uh, Jenna, you got Zach with you there. Would y'all come and just let us pray over you and pray for your family as you guys transition. And uh, we're just really excited. The kids are going to be here. I tell you what, let them just sit right there, okay? Y'all stand with us, okay? Stand with us today. And we're just going to have a special time. Y'all just sit. Y'all just rest. Just rest knowing that the body of Christ has your back. And maybe there's something else going on in your life too. And you're just thinking, wow, I just, I need to stand in the gap for somebody. I need to maybe claim that they're healed. Maybe they don't know that they're okay. Maybe they, they think that everything's just falling apart. And maybe you got a loved one, a family member, a good friend, a good friend. And oh my goodness, you just, you're broken for them. And you just want to stand in their place today. If you want to slip out and just come and sit in one of these seats up front, we want we want to we want to pray for you. We want to pray over you. You're welcome to do that. Um, so let's just spend a moment here, just in prayer, lifting up needs and folks around us this morning. And, and Cody, won't you just go right back into that and sing and let's claim that promise again for people today who need that, okay? And I can tell you, we had several, several folks in our first service this morning that came, they sat, and we prayed over them because they were needing to claim that promise for somebody in their life, okay? So if that's you today, uh, we're just going to spend a little bit of time here and uh, trust God to move and speak to hearts and to lives, okay? So y'all just do as the Spirit leads you in this time.
Text Kenneth this morning. He said, I will be watching online this morning. So we trust that Kenneth is watching even now. So we love you, brother. Love you, family. And we stand with you in this transition. And God's going to do great things. We're going to claim that for the, on their behalf. We're going to claim that on behalf of our friends, our family members, anybody else who's struggling. We're going we're gonna to claim that for them. Amen? 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise today, this morning. You can be seated. So glad that you are here today. Well, today we are going to continue in our message series, Family Vacay. I don't have to tell you that this is family vacation season. It is also wedding season. Had a a wedding last night down in Paducah, up in Paducah, over in Paducah. Had a a wedding wedding vacation. No, it wasn't a vacation. Had a wedding last night in Paducah. And, And a lot of folks you'll see on Facebook, they're celebrating their anniversary, June, summertime, very popular time of the year, take a family vacation, get married. People are thinking about families and, and getting away. And, and what we're learning, though, and what we're, we've been teaching and talking about over the last several weeks is this. There, there's lots of things that can wreck 
a family. Lots of things that can wreck a family. There are certain attitudes. There are certain habits that happen over a period of time. We know that vacation time can actually bring out the best of us. It can also bring out the worst of us. Spending a lot of time together, you know, can do that. There's a lot of things that can wreck families. We need to learn how to vacate the attitudes and the habits that wreck our home. So in this series, that's what we're talking about. We're going to uh, Scripture. We're looking at God's, I guess you could say, blueprint. God's, God's kind of plan for marriage and family life. We're looking at what's called the house codes in the book of Ephesians. They're also, you find them in the book of Colossians as well. And these are real special, I hate to call them instructions, because it's not like rules and regulations. I'll call them words of wisdom from God for, for our homes and for our families. And what, where we started in this a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's a little misleading, so I need to correct this today. We said that the marriage bond, the relationship between the husband and the wife is the foundation of the home. And that's correct in the sense that that is the foundation of all the other relationships in the home because they, they flow out of that relationship. But the true foundation of every home from the heart of God is that that every home will have Christ as the foundation. And you say, why is that so important? It's so important because when things fall apart, when they break, even the relationship between the husband and the wife, there is still Christ that people can build their lives on moving forward. But the husband-wife relationship is extremely important. And as we have talked about, and as I hope we're realizing, that when husbands walk with Christ, and when wives walk with Christ, they walk in the same direction. And they find themselves actually growing closer over time. And it's not their commitment to each other. It's their commitment to Christ. And then he has them on a path of drawing them together, getting closer together over time. You know, one of my favorite vacation places is Gulf Shores, Alabama. Love going down there to the Gulf. And we oftentimes will go through Mississippi uh, to go to Gulf Shores. And uh, there's a stretch of interstate, I think it's Interstate 10, between Mobile, Alabama and uh, Spanish Fort, Alabama. And it's a big, long bridge. You know what I'm talking about? Big, long bridge, Highway 10 between Mobile and Spanish Fort, Alabama. And I'm telling you, it's a big, long bridge. And there are, there's like water on both sides of this. And actually, when you go across it, it can make you a little squeamish if you don't like heights and you don't like water, right? It can make you a little squeamish. And we were actually, when you're coming back, we were coming back from Gulf Shores and we came to that bridge, and I looked on the other side of the interstate. I'm telling you, it's like a couple of miles long. I came, uh, we were coming across there. I looked on the other side of the, the interstate, and all the traffic was stopped, and it was held up. And I'm thinking, what is going on? 
Apparently, there's been a wreck on this bridge. And I start slowing down, and I start looking out my window, and I looked way off down into the river there, uh, the port right outside of Mobile, Alabama. And this tractor trailer, this semi-truck, had completely run off the road on the other side. I'm telling you, it had to be 40, 50 feet you know, from the water. The entire truck went off the interstate. It was down there, and it was laying the whole thing upside down. And this was a dairy truck. And there were like milk cartons, and there were milk jugs all in the river everywhere. And immediately I'm starting to pray, God, God I, I hope, you know, that whoever's driving that truck, I hope that guy was okay. And that is, you know, and when you're traveling and you're on the road and you, you, you're, you're, you have to be aware that accidents and wrecks and things like this can happen and you never know what you're going to drive up on when you're traveling like this. And it's the same way in our marriages. It's the same way in our homes. You drive by some homes and emotionally... There's milk jugs everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? There's been a big crash. It's a wreck. It's a mess. You spend time with them any period of time. It's a train wreck. It's a mess. And there's all these certain things that can cause these accidents and these wrecks and, and these things. And I really believe that so much of this can really be prevented if we pattern our homes and our lives in the way that reflects God's heart for our homes and our marriages. When you come to the book of Ephesians, and today we're coming back to Ephesians chapter 5, I really believe that what God does here, I believe He speaks our love language. If you've never taken time to, to figure out your love language, Dr. Gary Chapman developed actually a, a quiz that can help you to learn what your love language is. You go to fivelovelanguages.com. Uh, it's not just for married couples, but singles, kids. Anybody can go and do the love language quiz, and you'll identify the specific way that you receive love. See, what happens so many times is that when we want to show love to somebody, we speak our language to them. So if I know that you like gifts, I'll go out and I'll buy you something, I'll bring you something. Hey, here's your milkshake, bud. But the reality is that if your love language is quality time, then really what you need for me is just to hang out and spend time with you. Does that make sense? So, so it's important that we know our love language. Well, last week, what we realized from Scripture is that God is probably speaking the love language of men and women in Ephesians 5. He's speaking our language. Typically, most women, generally, not every single one, not all of the same. Men, can I get an amen? They're not all the same. But generally speaking, most women have a need to feel secure. They want to know that things are taken care of. Uh, they thrive when they know that their husband is taking care. And I'm not talking about just taking care of things around the house, but taking care of them, taking care of the kids. And this all points back and reflects on the responsibility of a husband in a home. What's unique about the house codes in Scripture is that they talk about the responsibility of those who are leading the home. 
Typically in the ancient world, the house codes would only speak to how people live within the house. Rarely would they ever talk about the responsibility of the, of the one who was leading the house or leading the home. You say, well, how, how do we get this anyway? The word husband. And by the way, this is what we're going to focus on today. The word husband. This is in verse 23. The role of the husband. And it's simple, guys. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. But that doesn't mean it's always easy to do. The husband. Let's go to verse 25. Husbands do what? Husbands love your wives. Does it get any simpler than that? You say, husband, guy says, what am I supposed to do in regards to my wife? You love her. What am I supposed to do in regards to my wife? You love her. What does God want me to do in regards to my wife? You love her. The word husband actually is an old English word that comes from two words. Hus or hus, bonda or bondi. The word hus or hus, H-U-S, is the word house. Bonda or bondi means like the bond or the band or the holder. So when you put the two together, the husband is the house holder or the house band. He is the one who holds the house together. It is his responsibility to be the band of the family. Unfortunately, in today's culture, we see way too many wives and way too many ladies playing the role of house band. They're the one holding everything together. They do everything. They make all the decisions. They're the one working. They're the one doing this. They're doing things with the kids and this and that. And so many times it's, it's the wife and the lady in today's culture that is having to play this role. Sometimes it's because the, the lady, she just wants to do it. Other times it's because either the guy doesn't want to do it or he doesn't know how to do it. And we wonder why. Us husbands, we, us men, we wonder why. So the wife comes home, she's stressed out. She's tired. She's worn out. And we wonder why. Because there's a good possibility that they're doing way too much. And maybe they're even doing some of the things in regards to the kids. Scheduling. House stuff. Yes, I said it. How stuff, I'll never forget. I'll never forget one of the early lessons in my married life. I learned that washing the dishes does more for my wife than roses and chocolate and playing romantic music and having great, great cologne on. I'd be like, yeah, I'm looking for a night of romance. Anybody feel me? Like, man, it's been a long week, Friday night. And she comes in, she's tired. This is early on in our marriage. So I've got the roses out. We were in Texas. I got all this stuff out. And I just didn't do it for her. I'm like, what is going on here? But then, one night, I'm in there and I'm washing dishes. And she starts rubbing my shoulder. She's got a big smile on her face. And I'm like, God, nobody told me this stuff. Nobody told me that washing dishes would do more for her than just 
you know, the greatness of me. You understand what I'm saying? But what I realized is that me doing sometimes those little things helps take the pressure off of her. The husband is the householder, the house man. Why does this speak a woman's love language? It speaks a woman's love language because if her primary general need is to, to live in a place of safety and security, then if her man is taking care of her and the kids and doing stuff like that, then she can rest. She can rest under that. And she can be all who God has made her to be, as then she responds in her role of subjection, of honoring him, of respecting him, which is the primary, uh, primary need of most men, to be honored and respected. So guys, you want honor and you want respect? Be the, be the husband. Be the house band. She can honor and respect that. And then she, in return, can rest under that. And when she rests under that, her stress levels and the pressure that she feels goes down. And then the things that you desire in your relationship with her begin to thrive and to flourish. God's speaking our love languages when He says, Wives, subject yourselves to your husbands in everything. That's borrowed from verse 21, which is mutual subjection, mutual love in the body of Christ. Wives are to do the same in regards to their husbands. So, so God is not asking wives to do something that he doesn't ask the rest of us to do in the body of Christ. Here's the other thing I want to point out real quick from verse 22. This is, this is, this is voluntary subjection. If you'll notice the flow of this in the text, this is wives toward husbands. This is not husbands toward wives. Say, so why is that important? It is not the role of a husband to see to it that his wife honors him in this way. Men, your job is to be the husband, the houseman. That's your responsibility. It is not your responsibility to make sure that your wife honors you or respects you in the way that you want her to honor you or to respect you. Men who get this backwards, they become domineering. They want, they want to be like, you know, they want to be like making everybody in the house, you know, you're going to respect me. You're going to honor me because God's word says you're supposed to be in subjection to me. No, this is voluntary subjection. And who makes that decision to do this? The wife does. This is not forced. This is not husband to wife. This is a wife's choice toward her husband. Then we flow to this. So now, what is the husband's role toward her? What is his movement toward her? The example of this has been Christ and his relationship to the church. That, that, that Just as Christ is the head of the church, the husband is the head of the wife. That's all in verse 23. And what we mean by that is not that the husband runs everything as that kind of head. But no, he takes care. He takes care of her. He's the head in the sense of he's the primary nurturer and caregiver of the home. And it starts with his relationship to her, to her, and then it flows to the children. And Christ 
is the model and the example of what that is to look like in the home in regards to his quote-unquote headship. Verse 25, here's the movement from husbands toward wives. He says, husbands do what? Husbands do what? Husbands do what? This is simple. I told you, husbands do what? Let's all say this together. It's a, love, it's a, it's a word we all love. Ha! I didn't mean to do that. Okay. I didn't mean to do that. Okay. It's a word we all really, really like. Okay. Husbands do what? This is simple. You see, us guys, we need things simple. Can I get an amen, guys? Just keep it simple. No big communication gaps. We can't read minds, right? Just keep it simple. Husbands, love your wives. But here's where it breaks down. Do you know what it means to love? You see, in the ancient world, the Greek culture, they understood love like most of us understand coffee today. <laughs> you say, what in the world are you talking about? Years ago, if you ordered coffee somewhere, it was pretty simple. Caffeinated or decaf, right? Pretty simple, right? Then it kind of got fancy. Uh, bold, medium, light roast. All right, now this thing is starting to get a little bit more complicated in regards to how I like my coffee. So, caffeinated, bold roast. Okay, then you come out with places like Starbucks and fancy coffee shops. And man, it's like, you know, grande, tall. I mean, I, I remember the first time I ever went into a, a, like a Starbucks. I didn't, know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I was like, I needed a class in school on how to order a cup of coffee. And then it goes like, okay, you want cappuccino, espresso, uh, what about a skinny latte? And then, I mean, not for God's sake, an iced caramel macchiato. I mean, you go to your grandparents and you tell them you like ice in your coffee and they are going to look at you like you are a, a, like, I don't know what. I mean, that's like you're an alien, right? Coffee's just not coffee. And in the ancient world, in the background of this, let me tell you, love is just not love. He said today, an old boy, he could say, I love my truck. I love my truck. I love my dog. I love a good steak. I love my wife. Well, I'm telling you right now. If you think you're supposed to love your wife in the same way that you love your truck or your bologna sandwich, you're in trouble, buddy. We don't get love. We don't understand love. We use one word for so many things. But in the Greek culture, for the so many things, they had their own expression of love. For example... For sexual passion or romantic, erotic love, it was the word eros. Eros. To be attracted to someone. To be passionate toward them. That's eros. Eros kind of love. In fact, uh, the ancient Greek philosophers thought that eros was dangerous. It's really a dangerous love. It is, they would say it's fiery. It's irrational. 
It's a form of love that could take hold of you and possess you. An attitude that was also shared by many later spiritual thinkers, such as C.S. Lewis, who said, this is really a, this is a dangerous love. People talk about being madly in love. Eros, sexual passion. I'm telling you right now, if your marriage is established on Eros, it has a shelf life. It has a shelf life. Now, I believe that God, over the course of time, over the course of time, can, can fuel that fire, that kind of love. But, but this is not the kind of love that husbands are to have toward their wives exclusively. Here's a love in the ancient world that I think is really, really lacking today. Uh, it, is the, it, it is the love that is called pragma or pragma. This is actually drawn from the ancient Greek language and culture. But in the 70s, philosophers said, you know what? This is a kind of love from that culture we really need in our, in our homes today. This pragma, pragma love is a, is a love that stands the course of time. I want to read to you just a very simple definition of this kind of love. It is a love that is described as a mature, realistic love that is commonly found amongst long-established couples. It is a love you grow into. You see, we often talk about falling in love. We don't need to learn how to fall in love. There's enough eros in the culture today. We need to learn how to stand in love. How to stand in love over the course of time. Oh my goodness, next year will be 25 years for me and Emily. And I'm not going to say a whole lot because I don't want to embarrass her. But I can tell you right now, there's aspects of our relationship that over the years, it's just changed. And I'm telling you, it's been like a fine wine. It has actually gotten better with time. I mean, when we got through the time the kids were young and they were small, and oh my gosh, she was just worn frazzled. And I was worn frazzled a lot of the times. I was you know, young pastor in a church and all this stuff. It was hard. It was hard. Can I, can I get an amen? And then the teenage years hit. And Dr. James Dobson says the primary goal in the, uh, the teenage years is, is, is survival. That, that's it. That, that's your goal. You just want to survive the teenage years. And our kids are kind of coming toward the end of that. And we're starting to spend more time together. I mean, you'll see me and Emily out together because, you know, our, our kids are off and they're doing different things, right? But what's happened in that course of time as this pragma love has grown, I enjoy spending time with her. Like I've, In fact, she's probably like, would you please leave? Leave me alone. And then the other aspects, the eros and the other is, is, is still just is alive. And, and, and yeah, a lot of times she just wants to run me off. But anyway, we're going to stop right there. Okay. It's getting hot in here. Would you guys turn the air down, please? I got glasses. It's bitter to see you, my dear. There's phileo. Phileo love 
is brotherly love. Phileia love in the Greek culture was the love of two men who went to war together. City of Philadelphia, brotherly love. Phileo, brotherly love. It's a friendship love. In the Greek world, there was like this ludus love, L-U-D-U-S. It's a, it, was a, it was like a flirtatious, playful, joking, gesturing kind of love. There was a love, even a love that was even a healthy love for self. Philosia love, a love for self. And it wasn't like this narcissistic love of self, but it was a healthier version that actually, listen to this, that actually enhanced your capacity to love. It reminds me of what Jesus when he said when he said, love your neighbor as your who? Love your neighbor as, your, as yourself. So if you don't love yourself in a healthy way, you don't have a reservoir in which to love others. That's why I say people who get so wrapped up in their own lives, in their own struggles, and they, be, they feel insecure, it, they shut down in their capacity to love others because they don't think they've got anything to give. But this healthy version of love, of seeing yourself in Christ, made in the image of God, philosophy love of self, that I have value, that I have worth, and now I can transmit that to other people. That's why people who beat are beat down, a lot of times their relationships fall apart. They don't have friends anymore because to really have friends, listen to me, you have to be a friend. But the love, the love, the love, the love. Husbands, love your wives. This is the word agapao. It comes from the word agape. C.S. Lewis called it gift love. It is a love that leads you to do what you do for what the other person gets out of it. It's a sacrificial love. It is not a selfish love. It is a love that says, what can I do for you. And the example of that for us is Christ's love for the church. Again, husbands, in verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. What do husbands do? They care for their wives in such a way that they give themselves up, their own desires, their own needs that might be selfish. And then the scripture talks about how that love, listen to me, that love, that love, that love builds her up. And then the church is presented back to Christ. And the wife is presented back on a daily basis to the husband. So you want a great wife? You want one that thinks you're a rock star? You want one that's googly-eyed when she sees you? Be a husband. Then who benefits at that point? Yes. We do. Because they're the product, they're the product of living with us. I hope I can say this right, and this will be the last thought today. 
I may really mess this up. Forgive me if I do. So, we're not being the husband, okay? And she has to fill so many gaps that we're not filling. And listen, I'm telling you right now, it aggravates me. It aggravates me as a pastor when I want to reach out to a family and I know that when I call the man, I'm wasting my time. It aggravates me. When I call the man, I know I'm wasting my time. Well, because she's having to do everything. But imagine this scenario with me, okay? So we're not being the husband. She's worn. She's frazzled. There's no safety security in this for her. She's having to do, do way too much. So she's stressed out. So she's stressed out. Then what starts, what starts happening when people get stressed out? They start trying to find outlets, right? They start trying to find outlets to deal with the stress. So maybe she starts, you know, unhealthy eating habits and she's not taking care of herself. And she's, and she's just, you know, she's having to find other outlets for her stress. And then she starts changing. I can't tell you how many times in marital counseling I hear husbands say, well, she doesn't look like she used to look. She's changed. The love is gone. So she, so she's stressed out. She's got to find outlets for her stress. And so maybe she starts unhealthy eating habits. She's not taking care of herself. And she comes in and she looks different and she's not the same. And she's three kids later. And he goes, man, she's different. And the eros is gone. And he wants to blame her. When the reality is, if he had been the husband to begin with, her stress levels would have never gotten to where they went. And then she could have practiced self-care much better. And many times the romance is kept alive. Because he's being a husband. Does that make sense? Men. What we do in our homes and how we lead. Will always be reflected and mirrored in the lives of our wives and our kids. Love your wives. Love your wives. Agapao, self-sacrificial love that says, not me, but you. And when you spend time and you nurture and you care and you present back to yourself you won't want to go to the deer stand like you used to you won't want to spend hours out on the golf course like you used to you won't want to spend time hanging out with your old buddies like you used to why because the wife you present back to yourself is the one who benefits you the most. She becomes your drug. She becomes your outlet. She becomes your passion. And all those things that might have brought you together to begin with. Because you practice, practice agape love. That becomes the, the arena of which all these other loves can thrive. But when this love breaks down men. When this love breaks down. Give up 
just forget about the rest. Forget about the rest. And I think this is why so many of our homes and our families are struggling today because men have forgotten how to be husbands. And the example, if you're wondering, I mean, I don't know what this looks like. It's Christ's love for the church. That he gave himself up for her. And guys, if you start doing this, I believe with all my heart, I think God knows too, there will be benefits and rewards to your life, your marriage, your home, and listen to me, your children. Because they're learning how to be moms and dads by you. And we really, in the church, we can change a generation of brokenness in homes. Men, by loving our wives. And you tell me, you tell me, you tell me. What wife, what woman would not honor and respect a man who gives to her in a selfless way? Ladies, can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? And you young girls, you young girls, if you want to know what to look for in a man, it's here in the heart of God. So let's stand this morning. And I'm going to invite our prayer counselors to come forward again. And maybe you would like encouragement and prayer today before we leave. Maybe the Lord is leading you to make decisions in your life. Maybe even somebody today who wants to talk to someone about their spiritual life. Or um, maybe you even want to make a decision to give your life to Christ. Or to, to follow Him in baptism. we got prayer counselors right up here in the front. And now I'm going to ask you guys just to turn, if you would, and face folks. And any of these folks right here would be more than glad. To take the time to spend time with you. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you want to stick around. You're welcome to do that. Let's pray. Father God thank you so much. For your goodness and for your grace. I pray God. I pray that you will raise up. A generation of men. Who are absolutely crazy. About their wives. As Christ is crazy about the church. I pray that us husbands. Us men will know how to be husbands. And today, today, we will start showing agape love in our homes. And then in a period of time, Lord, I, I believe, and I'm asking, Lord, I think you'll honor this in homes. The men will come back and they'll go, wow, thank you, God, for giving me the wife I've got. And then, God, I believe you'll say to us, oh, yes, I gave her to you, but she is a product of living with you as well. So Lord, we give you our homes and we trust you and we thank you that in spite of all the brokenness, Jesus is our foundation. And we pray. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family. Then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.